Hello, and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreau. I'm Sally Gentry. And this is a special episode. Why? The Big Five O. Yay! 50th episode. That is crazy. Let's think back to episode one. Did we think we'd make it to 50? Oh, my (laughs) goodness. After it took us four hours to record one. Four hours. That was one (laughs) segment, you mean. Uh, yeah, because we had some stumbles getting out of the gate, but now we're galloping. That's we it. got it. A horse reference for you, Miss Sally. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Look, it is so great to be with you guys, to share all this info to people out there listening about organ tissue and eye donation. Fantastic. Here we thought we were going to pick up Sally for like two episodes or here and there, talking about family and grief. But I won't leave. She <laughs> kick her out. She loved us so much. But it's just the, the chemistry that we've got going on here with our partners from across the country. We're learning. We're saving more lives. And guess what? If you're listening, you are part of our team. And we celebrate you today. And we thank you. We're pulling in some star power on episode 50. I'm still amazed by that, guys. But Good Morning America's Robin Roberts and her sister of New Orleans fame, Sally Ann Roberts of WWL-TV, will join us to talk about their story, which is pretty powerful. And listen, you can hear that sister bond. You'll want to stay tuned. And then we're going to follow that up by talking about BeTheMatch.org and how you can become a bone marrow donor. And then we're going to share with you the story of two best friends who have a similar connection through bone marrow donation. Listen, Power Pact, we're going to inspire you today. Hopefully, you'll be prompted to take action. Join our team, which is making life happen. That's what our mission, our goal is, and you're part of it. And listen, you can start by just sharing the podcast. Share it. And of course, as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever your favorite podcast app may be. Yeah, and if you're on social media, on Facebook, a lot of what we talk about you can see on our Facebook. It's Donate Life Louisiana. Twitter and Instagram, we're at Donate Life LA. And don't forget, you can reach us at 504-648-3477. Yeah, we started the hotline. Remember when we had a hotline, we thought, we're legit now. (laughs) So we have a hotline that's for you to call in. Tell us your story. What has impacted you? We want to hear about it. Your audio could be used on this podcast. But you heard it. We have a lot to get to, guys. You guys ready? Ready. Episode 50. Here we go. On this, our 50th episode of the Gifted Life podcast, we are honored to be joined by two Southern women, if you will, we're going to claim them, who are tough as nails, filled with faith, and huge donation advocates working alongside us in an effort to save more lives. Join me now in welcoming Good Morning America's Robin Roberts and WWL-TV's Sally Ann Roberts out of New Orleans to our podcast. Hi, ladies. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Thank you very much for having us. Mm-hmm. So excited, especially Robin. I was telling them earlier, basically throughout my entire high school and college time, you were a part of my household. Every single morning, I would listen to you over and over on those 30-minute clips of, of SportsCenter. And then, of course, See, I now follow- you're saying high school before you're saying it was elementary school. But all of a sudden, you try to act older now and say, come on, keep it no, real. Keep I've it got real. the grade prove it. Trust me. No, but thank you. Thank but you thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Well, we joined your personal journey in 2012. And then, of course, Robin, that's when you were diagnosed with mild dysplastic syndrome, mm-hmm. MDS, which is a rare blood and bone marrow disorder. And then you, Sally Ann, donated your 
bone marrow in order to save your sister's life. You two have inspired. Oh, I'm just grateful. You've inspired so many, myself included. And I was wondering, do you guys have any regrets at all about going public with the story? Oh, gosh, absolutely not. I am so incredibly blessed that my sister was a match. We are very fortunate. There are four of us, four siblings, and my other two siblings weren't even close to being a match. And Sally Ann was a perfect match. And people feel if you have a family member that it's automatic that they're going to be a match or a perfect match. That only happens 30% of the time, three out of 10 times. So 70% of the time, you need a perfect stranger to save your life. And I am so grateful that going public, we're able to share this information. And Sally Ann is every bit a part of my journey, a very important part to share with people, to show them how you can step up. And, and she would have done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if I, if I, I were not her sister, I, I'm oh, just so, and, and so people need to just know the whole process, what it entails. And, and more importantly, you know, when I told Sally Ann that she was a match, I first, y'all, I had to ask did you still want to go through with that? Because there are many times people will put themselves on a registry, and then when they get the call, for whatever reason, they'll decide not to do it. So I had to give her an out, if you will. And I will never, and I've shared this many times, and it still brings me to tears when I asked her and does she want to do it, and she didn't hesitate and said, not only do I want to do it, Sister Dear, dear I feel I was born to do this. And I'm so happy that I was able to do this. So often when we have a loved one who is is going through an illness, we're not able to do anything. But in this case, I was able to do something. And I'm just grateful to God that I was a match for Robin. And I do feel, though, for those who are still looking for their match, and they depend on the National Marrow Donor Registry. And our mother taught us that you make your mess your message. And Mm -hmm. so by going public with (laughs) this, we hope that this will encourage others to donate. There are people who have told me that they have family members who were matched to be a a perfect match or a near-perfect match, and the family members were, were scared and didn't want to do this. And I have also heard that, as Robin said, there are those who will join the registry. And then for whatever reason, when it's time and that call comes, they decline to accept. And I think if I can do anything, it would be to alleviate the fear of, of becoming a donor. It was a very easy process. It was as easy as giving blood in my case. And, and I would do this for anyone. Well, let me tell you, though, I'm glad that she's telling you all this because I have to admit, of of my siblings, uh, when they said Sally Ann, I was like, ooh. Uh, she doesn't like needles. I mean, who does? I was like, oh, I, I, you know, she's a little bit of a, how, how do we say this affectionately? Um, yeah, just a little bit of a, a little nilly about some things. Yeah. Yeah. But she, oh, yeah. that, but, oh. it, but, but this is oh, what I'm true. saying. That's why, it's, that's why it's so important for people to know yeah. the process. And so for her to share her side of it, I think it was more painful for me to watch her, though she wasn't in any, a slight discomfort. And I remember that. Oh, hurricane was going on. She had her laptop out, and I'm, I'm crying, y'all, because because I'm seeing the her her blood being taken from her body, and to see that the 
the bone marrow was being extracted, the stem cells were being extracted, and it was going into a bag that had my name on it, mm-hmm. this life-saving bag. And all I could think about is there's so many people who don't have that opportunity, who want to see their name on a life-saving bag like mm-hmm. that, and, and, to, and to watch her and to know that, yes, it, there was some discomfort, but not the immense pain. And there are different variations of how the stem cells can be extracted from a donor. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I will say this. When I have a blood test, you know, and they just draw blood, I cover my eyes, and you think I'm dying. <laughs> Same here. I'm telling you. But it, it, there's, it, there's no pain, but it's just the thought of it. But then, again, let me tell you, the apheresis process that is used, I was able to follow the news on my laptop. I was just sitting there, and it was the easiest thing in the world, and after they, they finished uh, drawing the amount of blood they needed after a few hours, I got up and had a great dinner with, with Robin and went back the next day for the finishing of the process. And let me tell you, there is no better feeling in the world than to be sitting next to my sister's bed or standing next to my sister's bedside as my blood was being given to her or the, the part of the blood that they had collected for mm-hmm. this given to her and our sister Dorothy and and friends and ministers gathered around Robin's bedside as the transplant was administered. And we just prayed and we just thank, thank God for the healing that Robin is enjoying. And we pray that others will be able to enjoy Mm -hmm. the same healing. Well, and I think for you to share this story and the people that you have helped and those who will be helped in the future who find themselves in a similar situation, to hear you talk about this and to hear the passion and what it's meant for you as a family is something that that I'm sure you're hoping and we all hope that others will hear it and want to step up and help out. Well, that is our hope. That is uh, when you were asking us earlier, did we have any regrets of going public. And as Sally had said, our mom taught us, make, make your mess your message. And, and, and no regret with that at all, because uh, there's so many people that have reached out to me. I, I've had people here that have come to New York, people I've talked to on, on the phone who are, are in the same situation and, and needing a donor. Um, there was a young family that was here, it's a sickle cell anemia. Um, and this young girl, she needs a, she needs a donor. And it just, oh my gosh, it's just so hard. Um, mm-hmm. And to know that we brought awareness, you know, people knew that they could donate their blood and they knew that they can donate different organs, but we really put it into the public um, conversation about stem cells, about bone marrow. There were people that were like, huh? And it's truly, it's mm-hmm. a, Sally Ann would agree too, it is a privilege to be used as a messenger. And we feel that that is part of our, our journey here on Earth, why we were put here is to be a messenger. And you guys talk about, you know, that life-saving bag. It kind of melted my heart a minute when you mentioned it. And Robin, there's someone that we have common ties to, uh, someone Jerry who's... Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you sounded oh, just oh, like oh, him, the energy. Oh, that's right. I'm, do- I'm yeah, doing the Jerry's dance right now. I'm doing the Jerry's dance. Don't you dance back. in his end zone, man. <laughs> a little saint sensation that, that uh, you know, that, that caught our attention in our hearts. 
So wasn't that the cutest kid ever? Oh, my goodness. When he came up here and uh, the Saints were very much a part of what we were doing and to make him, you know, part of the team, so to speak. And as he said, you don't have to tell me twice. And he signed that little co- that little contract. Yeah. But to see, uh, you know, his desire is so infectious in, in so many ways, his spirit, and knowing that he is in need uh, of a donor. And he's, mm-hmm. he's a face of so many that we have of... And I didn't realize until I was diagnosed with, as you said, myelodysplastic syndrome, MDS, which used to be known as pre-leukemia. And let me tell you, ain't nothing pre about it, mm-hmm. but that's, how, that's how, it was, how it was referred. But there's, there are upwards of 70 different conditions where a bone marrow transplant has the potential to save a life. I mentioned about sickle cell anemia, leukemia, uh, those kind of di- different kind of disorders like that. And to see Jarius, but to still to see that spirit and that fight yes. um, that he has, mm-hmm. it's one of the highlights definitely for me to see him. And we enjoyed having Jarius on the Iowa mm-hmm. This Morning News. And anyone who meets this, this young man, this child, knows that this is why you donate. This is why you give, because he has so much potential. You know he's going to do great and wonderful things in his life. And we just need to make sure that others have that opportunity. Exactly. And so if you miss this part, he is waiting on a liver transplant, but he visited us here in the Gifted Life podcast studio and we knew that he had met, you know, these this powerful duo, these sisters, and we can hear that <laughs> sister bond, guys. And so I said, hey, do you have any you know, secrets you can share with us about, you know, meeting these ladies. And he said, no. Nope. He said, a gentleman never tells. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that sounds like serious. That's right. But uh, talking that to his money dad, well spent. That was money well spent to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> but, but his dad, Jordy, uh, talking in the same vein that you guys were talking about, they're trying to soak up as much life as possible, make as many memories mm-hmm. as possible. You guys were there. You remember that part, right? You remember that moment um, in your own lives. Oh, gosh. Um, I, I can't, um, I can't believe it's been going on five years now. Yeah. And to 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 remember that moment of of, of hearing about um, the diagnosis and to reach out to my siblings and family and and to go through, you know, our mother, our dear mother, passed shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when Sally Ann was in New York and she was going through the process of having her stem cells recovered and Mama had a stroke. About a month earlier, she had been recovering, but then had a setback. And our sister Dorothy told us we needed to come home because our our mother was making her journey to her mm-hmm. heavenly home. And it was almost like my mom knew that my sister was going to save me. That the that the, mm-hmm. she knew the transplant was taking place. And then it was shortly before I was to have the transplant. So you just think about uh, those times. I think when I, when I think of Jarius and the young woman that I met who's going through sickle cell anemia, and you just, you, it's like my dear friend Pat Summit, left foot, right foot, mm. breathe, keep right. moving, keep right. believing, mm. keep hoping. Mm-hmm. And that's what you can never give up, hope. And, and hope is always there. And you meet so many people, like I'm going to be talking to Emily Hines, who is a cancer survivor. And she says that it makes, and I know Robin can identify with this, that it makes every day so much more special, every moment that you have. When you're diagnosed with, with a disease that could cause you to leave this earth, and then you are given a reprieve, as Emily has been given and as Robin has been given, 
it just makes you appreciate the gift of life all that much more. And we just want to see more people have this gift of life. And that's why what you are doing through the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency is so vital. Mm-hmm. Well, Sally Ann, here in the New Orleans area, uh, there's been a lot of local effort to get the word out about donation. And what I'm wondering is, you know, you have been just instrumental in helping get hundreds on both the bone marrow registry and the organ tissue and eye registry. And you've done a lot of donor drives and the telethon, heading up to your donation. And plus, you've had uh, some of our LOPA staff on your program, along with donor families and recipients. So all that leading up to what what do you see as major challenges to get people involved and want them to sign up and help others? What, What does that look like from your side? It's awareness, awareness, awareness. A lot of people are not aware that when they get their driver's license, they can just indicate that they are willing to be a donor. Uh, That takes their family members off the hook, knowing what their desires are. Mm -hmm. If people were just aware, more aware, and that's why LOPA is so important, you are getting the word out, and more and more people are joining the registry. And I thank you for all of your help here locally uh, in getting the, the National Bone Marrow Registry acknowledged, because there are a lot of people who heard about the organ donations, but they didn't know about how easy it is to be on the National Marrow Donor Registry. Mm-hmm. And by simply making people aware, and then with the stories, to uh, that's why Jarius is so important, uh, because people need to connect the faith. They need to connect to life. The more we can do to let people know about the needs, I think people will respond because people are generally giving and kind. and, and And I think if anyone knew, you know what, you could save the life of a child Um, simply by being on the donor registry. And you might save the life of a child in another country. Right. There are people who would step forward and say, yes, I would do that. But you don't know if you're not on the registry, that someone is waiting for you. Your positive attitude is just infectious. How wonderful from both of you all. I got it from her. I got her DNA now. So, so, I, I, got, so I, I used to say, guys, I used to say, and I love, I, you know, I've always loved my big sister, and I have never loved her more. And I used to say, because uh, she is just, what you see is what you get. And I said, I'd get a cavity every time. She's so sweet. I get a cavity when I talk to her. But I am I so it. blessed at her. But, you know, but I have, so I, I have that positive energy, but I also have her allergies now. Oh. I now have her sweet tooth. I have her DNA. Oh. Oh, but you know what? I'm not complaining. Oh. I can't, you know what? I'm not complaining. Oh, I love that. I have a big sis that I love just like you love Sally Ann. I love that. Mm. Oh, I just want to say to uh, about my sister Robin. I don't know of anyone more courageous than Robin. I have seen her weather the storms of life. And she weathers those storms courageously. In her hospital room, she had pictures on the wall of places she planned to visit. She was always looking forward and always hopeful. And uh, my sister is, is just a wonderful gift from God, and I'm so blessed How to have sweet. her in my life. She is sweet, Thank Robin. you, sister. Yeah. And, I, and let, <laughs> let me say this one thing about courage and strength, because... 
um, those people that will be listening to this and who have gone through uh, their challenges. And as I, as I wrote, everybody's got something. Uh, MDS and breast cancer happen to be my something, but everybody's got something. Mm-hmm. And I was always trying to, why, why do people label us as being strong and, and courageous when, when we're going through something like this? And I just realized that it reveals the strength that is within. And I say that to everyone. So you don't know the strength that you have. I didn't know mm-hmm. what was within me. And I would have loved to have learned it a different way. But mm-hmm. that's how it was chosen for me. And so I say to everyone listening, we are all a little bit stronger than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And it's these challenges that help. They don't, they don't make us courageous. Mm-hmm. They reveal that we mm-hmm. are courageous within us yes you made mm-hmm. your mess your message i agree amen yeah. to that and and i i do believe that life is a series and you go through a tunnel and there's light at the end of the tunnel but life is not just one tunnel it's it's many tunnels the longer you live the more tunnels you go through but we gain strength in the tunnels when we are faced with challenges that's when we our muscles our our faith muscles grow and uh, our courage grows, and as you go through one tunnel and you come out and you enjoy the light, you say, wow, I made it. So for those who are going through something right now, just know that there is light at the end of this tunnel and that you will have something that you can give. And that's why I'm so proud of my sister, Robin, because she takes the time to respond to people who call and who write to her asking for for some encouragement because she remembers what it was like to be encouraged Mm -hmm. by others as she was going through it. And um, when you go through something, it makes you uh, better able to comfort someone else and to encourage and inspire someone else. Well, you got a great support system there between the the two you guys. I'm inspired. I'm encouraged. Um, Robin, you mentioned everybody's got something. We know you have a podcast, robinpodcast.com. We hear you say on that podcast, power of one story, power of one life. Here Mm -hmm. on The Gifted Life, we say it takes one person to make a difference. So we seem aligned, and what Mm. we're trying to do is save lives, but one person, one story can change lives. Right, ladies? That's it. And people need to know that. I'm so happy that you all uh, share that vision and that you're you're there to, to tell these wonderful stories. And it just takes one act. Uh, one story, mm-hmm. one person, um, and, and that we're all in this, we're all in this together. And to and to keep looking, keep looking forward. You know, Sally Ann, mm-hmm. she said to me, she said it takes courage to believe the best is yet to come. I remember her saying that to mm-hmm. me. It takes courage to believe the best is yet to come. And because of the work that you all are doing, you are making that possible for people to have better days ahead of them. And uh, I'm going to use, you know, she had the tunnel analogy. I I think about this, you know, you're in a car and there's a windshield looking forward and there's a rearview mirror. There's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Keep looking forward. Keep looking through that Mm. and going through your tunnel. But I'm always about moving forward and I am mm-hmm. so grateful to organizations like yours. What my sister has done, we are, are um, people who are going through something as I have gone through. I will be the first one to say that I'm blessed, but I'm also lucky. 
I'm so lucky mm-hmm. that I, I have the, the, the wonderful people that have uh, have surrounded me, and and so incredibly grateful for that. And and that's why that's why we're having this podcast. That's why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We want to share more stories. I want to hear more stories. I, I'm I'm happy that we can share ours, but there are others that are out there, and we want to make sure that we are able mm-hmm. to provide happy endings for other stories by the work that you're yeah. doing. And, and I'm so grateful yeah. that you're doing, that you're there doing that. And I would say this, Lopa, do not become weary in well-doing. Know that you are making a difference, that the stories mm-hmm. that you are telling are encouraging people to, to become donors. And it's also, you're telling stories that are encouraging those who are going through health challenges that they, too, can make it through. I met a, a family while Robin was going through the MDS. Uh, this family had a daughter who donated to her sister, and uh, they invited me to their home to see their daughters playing outside on their outdoor trampoline. The daughter with the MDS um, fully recovered, uh, and it was just amazing to hear the parents, the parents of these two young children, and I asked them, how did you get through it? And the, the father said, we did not focus on illness. We focused on life after illness. He oh, said, that's, that's what I tell people. Don't look at where you are now. Mm-hmm. Look at where you're going. Uh, look through that windshield. That's your, don't look that's at that right. rearview mirror. Look at that, look at that windshield. We have a heart recipient <laughs> yes, in his family. Indeed. Y'all like this, and, and they always say, after everything, it'll be greater later. I'll leave you with that. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. I Robin like Roberts oh, and right, Sally no, Ann Roberts. No, yes. Let me, let me, can I just share one thing? Yes. In, in my dressing room uh, here in New York, and, and Sally Ann has seen this. I, you know, I love to say, this too shall pass. And I have this placard that says, this too shall pass. Now would be good. <laughs> and that's, exactly, you know, now would be good. So I, I understand what you just said. That's true. We love that. Thank you, ladies. Robin Roberts you. and Sally Ann Roberts, two strong women, two sisters, teaming to make a difference. Thanks for being the leaders you are, ladies. And thank, thank you for your thank good you. work in our community. Joining us now on the podcast, Miss Mary Hallett, the Director of Community Engagement for Be The Match. Hey, Miss Mary. Hello. We just talked to some friends of yours, I believe, Robin Roberts and Sally Ann Roberts. Ring a bell? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, they were so grateful to Be The Match. They talked about their journey. But from your perspective, those two women sharing their story and being so passionate about donation Tell us what that looked like from where you sit. Oh, my goodness. It is so powerful, and we can never underestimate the connection that people, other people can have in just hearing and seeing their story and what a difference we can make in the lives of others around us by becoming that donor, by becoming that lifesaver. Sally Ann gave to Robin what her doctors couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And she did it generously and selflessly, and that's what this is all about. It's amazing, and we talked about the power of one, one story, one person making a difference, 
and we can see that. One of the things that we discussed was that if you know somebody who's impacted, then you're more likely to be engaged and to do something about it. That was my case. My sister-in-law is battling an illness, and there is talk about a possible marrow donation needed. So I immediately signed up on the registry. And it was different than the organ, eye, and tissue registry. For us, you fill out information either online at the OMV. But for you guys, let's talk about that and how you get on the registry when it comes to Be The Match. Great. Well, first of all, thank you for joining. That simple act gave so much hope to patients who are relying on the generosity of a stranger to save their lives. So Mm -hmm. thank you very much for doing that. When people join the Be The Match registry, we need demographic information, of course, and, you know, age, sex, ethnic background. We also need uh, personal contact because if we can't find you, we're going to need to talk to somebody who can help us find you because by the time you come up as a match for somebody, there's a tight timeline that's ticking for that patient, and we have to hustle, and it's important that we're able to reach donors immediately. We also ask uh, some basic medical information because we're going to need to know that you're healthy and that you're healthy to be part of the registry. And should you ever donate, it's going to be a safe procedure for you, but it's also then going to be a beneficial procedure for that patient who needs a bone marrow transplant. Now in the community, we're educating. We try to get out in the community as much as possible, which is where I signed up, learned about it, and then took that step. But is that what you guys try to do? You try to send educators out to talk about donation to dispel some of those myths? What are the challenges? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that's a very important and primary task of our program is to bring the awareness of the registry to communities across the country. Many still do not know that we exist, and many have misconceptions about what it means to actually be a bone marrow donor, and that's our job. Our job is to ensure that the public really understands So we are doing educational events every day, and we spend a lot of time on college campuses in particular, and that's because transplant centers prefer stem cells from younger donors. And it makes sense because the younger we are, the healthier our bodies are, and the healthier our bone marrow is. So we spend a lot of time in those environments. And speaking with young adults, we work to demystify the notion of bone marrow donation. Truthfully, Hollywood has not been very kind to this Mm -hmm. process. They've there's been a lot of dramatization about donation, which isn't real. So the story was good. It just wasn't about. factual, right? Yeah, we can <laughs> yeah, relate. Yeah, we just want the, yeah, just the facts. So we try to explain what, what it means. And, you know, 75% of the work that we do is a donation called a peripheral blood stem cell collection. And that's where the donor receives a medication to rev up their immune system for about five days to push those immatures out into the peripheral blood. And then we collect them a lot like a platelet donation. It's not surgery, fully awake, sit in a recliner for several hours, and then the stem cells are collected. We do that most of the time now. About 25% of the time we do the traditional bone marrow collection, and that's typically for pediatric patients. And the reason why is there's less risks of long-term complications for those children who receive their stem cells through bone marrow. Our bodies are pretty interesting. Right. And and that is a surgical procedure, but it's usually same day. The donor is fully asleep during the process, wakes up, may have a sore backside for a few days, 
but that's it. It's not what people might think it would be. Well, you just educated me, Mary, because I thought that, you know, the primary way that you can donate is is through the bone marrow aspiration. And as a nurse, I had help with bone marrow aspirations. And that's kind of what I thought about when I thought about bone marrow donation. So the fact that you can donate just like a platelet donation, that's a huge advancement, I would think. Mm -hmm. It really is. It really is. And again, that's about 75% of the work that we do is through that type of procedure. You have convinced me. Unfortunately, I'm not a young college age. I'm uh, 43 now. <laughs> Still in good shape, though, Mayor. <laughs> Still in good you shape. You need to sign up before your 44th birthday. Go to the website right now. I will. So if I sign up now, can I still donate at 45 or is, is that the Absolutely. Okay. No, everyone stays on the registry until their 61st birthday. Okay. So uh, between we the registry, our individuals between the ages of 18 and 61. However, we focus our recruitment attention on people between the ages of 18 and 44. And for that very important reason, you know, the younger the donor, the better. And so we're just, we're just growing the registry with as many young people as we can. We also know that there are people who have uh, unique tissue types, and so that's why we're maintaining people until their 61st birthday in case, you know, someone who is over the age of 45 really is their best option. Well, I'm very interested, and I'm going to register, so how do I easy. do that? Yeah. Well, quite simply, go to our website, bethematch.org, and you'll see a button at the top that says Join and click the button. You can complete all of your information online and we will mail you a swab kit that has four long tip, like Q-tips, cotton swabs. Yep. You'll swab the inside of your cheek and send it back and that is it. That's so easy, a Cajun can do it, <laughs> like myself. <laughs> I love that. And then when we were talking to Sally Ann, she too had those myths that you were, were talking about. But she said basically she had her computer up, she was surfing the web, uh, doing work all while this was going on. And so she said it wasn't what she thought it was going into right. it. So that has to help getting the word out. Absolutely. And for Sally Ann to share her experience is so valuable because it helps donors understand really what is involved. What does a donation look like? How does that impact me and my daily activities? How might I feel? All of that. So we're really grateful that she is sharing her story and experience because it helps people make that decision clearer. Yeah, or prompt them to take action at yeah, some point because we absolutely. talk about it, but, you know, to, to really bite the bullet and do it is a different story. Correct. Mary, there's a question I'd like to ask is that Sally and Robin, of course, being sisters, already knew donor and recipient. But I did see on your website about sharing stories between donors and recipients and that you have had some that have met. Yes. So, you know, we generally talk with the donor family, talk with the recipient, and both agree That's we just kind of move forward with that. Is that similar to what you all do, or is there a process you go through? Well, it's probably a little bit different. So all of the donations are done anonymously. We very rigorously protect the confidentiality of both the patient and the donor. Mm -hmm. So the patient does not know who the donor is, and the donor does not know who the patient is. Mm -hmm. And the donor could be anywhere in the world. The patient could be anywhere in the world. Be the Match is a global registry, and we work with many programs across the entire globe to make certain we can find matched donors for patients. And likewise, they're also searching our file. So all that to say is we respect and treat the identity of donors and recipients 
with the highest level of integrity and confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Depending on the country and their rules, donors and patients can meet each other after a particular time has elapsed. In the case of Be The Match here in the United States, for patients who are here in the U.S., they can meet their donor after one year, mm-hmm. as long as both parties consent and agree to it. So, and we have a process that we can help facilitate that happening. Also, I'd like to ask you, when I was on the website, I saw where you have a a booklet titled The Caregiver's Companion. Mm -hmm. And I saw where finding positives and what's happening on their journey along with, you know, the coping with the roller coaster of emotions. What sort of staff do you have that's working with families to help guide them through this? Oh, wonderful. That's a fantastic question. We have an area within our organization called Patient and Health Professional Services, and it's a team of um, some are social workers, some are nurses, and they help families through this process. So they will point them to different resources that they might need Uh in terms of other transplant centers that perhaps specialize in their disease. They may point them in the direction of different financial resources to help them maybe fundraise. Mm -hmm. They have resources on how to appeal to your insurance company. They have many, many different uh, resources available. They have volunteers available who have been caregivers and who have been patients so that when people are embarking on this journey, they have someone that they can talk to who can help guide them and offer what it really meant to have had this experience. They also provide toolkits like you described or develop toolkits like you described and found on our website to help the caregivers navigate through the next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, transplant recovery is a long process. Right. Most patients are in the hospital for 60 to 100 days after the transplant. And you might imagine mm-hmm. that can be very disruptive to a sure. family. Parents sometimes have to quit their jobs to be with their child while their child is going through transplant. People who are going through transplant have to quit their jobs. Mm -hmm. They can't work Mm -hmm. while they're going through this. Or they may have to have a very uh, long and extended leave of absence from their work. Mm -hmm. So it's very disruptive, and a caregiver is critical to ensuring that the patient is coming to their follow-up appointments and are having their blood checks done and are monitoring for infection and monitoring for any signs of problems with the the new stem cells. So it's very comprehensive, Mm -hmm. and that's why this department is there, is to help both the caregiver and the patient get all the way to that end game, which One year post-transplant is a day of celebration, and, you know, I remember when Robin came back to work, and when she hit that mark, that was amazing. It was remarkable. So that's where we want to get all of our patients to. Oh, that's great. Excellent information. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm glad you touched on volunteers. I was going to ask you that in the organ, eye, and tissue donation world, we encourage our donor families, our recipients, to join us in the community and spread that story. We think that makes us successful in getting the word out. You too? Absolutely. So we are involving donors who've donated to share their story, patients who have received transplants to share their story, family members of patients to share their story and what it meant to have a total stranger uh, step up and help their loved one beat their disease. So yeah, volunteer stories are so critical and, and we need them. Yeah, and that's what I focus on as well. And I signed up years ago, and I still hear from you guys with 
updates in the emails, that kind of thing. So we like the way you do that. BeTheMatch.org is where we want folks to go, right? Correct. BeTheMatch.org. One-stop shop for all the information? Everything is there. You will see a section on joining the registry. There's a section on making uh, financial contributions and support to help patients move through their transplant journey. There's resources for patients on that website. There's basic information about the donation process itself. Absolutely. It's, It's a great resource for really good information. And you are a great resource as well, Miss Mary. We appreciate you joining us here on the Gifted Life Podcast. Thank you, ma'am. You are welcome. Thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. Today we're changing things up in our Honor Our Hero segment. Today's heroes will be from our partners at BeTheMatch.org. The pair of heroes we're talking about today is going to be Brad and Miranda. Yeah, here's their story, guys. Best friends, Brad and Miranda, joined Be The Match Registry at different times, different reasons, right? So Brad signed up online after a friend posted on Facebook about a friend with leukemia. Miranda was at a campus blood drive when she was asked if she'd like to sign up as a marrow donor as well. Two years later, Miranda got the call asking if she'd donate to a man in his 70s, and that was the same age as her grandpa. Not long after, Brad got a similar call asking if he would donate for a woman also in her 70s. Brad and Miranda both ended up donating peripheral blood stem cells within five days of each other. For four days leading up to her donation, Miranda received shots to increase the number of blood-forming cells in her body. She says, the shots were not very pleasant, but I reminded myself that the pain only lasted five seconds. I made it through a full day of school and in the end, never missed a class. Brad's donation went quickly as well. It was a a strange sensation, he said, but not negative. It was actually relaxing. The total time at the hospital was about six hours for him. Brad and Miranda both received updates. Their patients are out of the hospital and doing well. Wow. For more on that story and others like it, you can visit BeTheMatch.org. For more of our hero stories for organ, tissue, and eye donation, visit our homepage at Lopa.org. That's L-O-P-A. And thank you to Miranda and Brad for their gifts of life. In our question and answer segment on this, the 50th episode of The Gifted Life, I'm loving it. I'm still smiling about that. The difference between registering as an organ, eye, and tissue donor and registering as a marrow donor, the differences between the two. Yeah, of course, you guys hear it in the community. I hear it out in the hospital sometimes. There is a significant difference as far as age for bone marrow donation. Uh, You have to get in by 44, and then ultimately you're taken out at 61. In organ tissue and eye donation, that that age is significantly wider. Uh, You know, our oldest donor that we've had, organ donor in the state, was 82, and in the country was 92. So it's a lot different criteria there. And then you have to be much healthier to be a bone marrow donor. You can't, for example, have diabetes and still donate bone marrow, but you can with organ tissue and eye donation. Yeah, and there's lots of information on our website, lopa.org. We have a link to the marrow donation site. So check that out today if you have any questions. Or if you have a specific question you'd like to have answered, please give us a call at 504-648-3477. Guys, 
episode 50 of The Gifted Life coming to a close. Episode 50. 50. And wow. it might have been the biggest and best episode ever. Yeah, we I brought agree. in some star power. Uh, we're making these connections, and it's all about making life happen, saving lives. That's what we're doing. And as we said at the beginning of this podcast, you listening are partners as well. We can't thank you enough. Yeah, and we also want to thank Mary Hallett, the Director of Community Engagement for BeTheMatch.org. And their international flair that they've got, of course, international company. We're an international ourselves. We're worldwide. What? We're big in Ghana. We're wor- wow. That reminds me of a song. <laughs> Absolutely. So people are listening to The Gifted Life, not only across the United States of America, the good old U.S. of A., but also in Ghana, Vietnam, France, Sweden. Yes. What do you think about that, Sal? I mean, over five continents. It's amazing. It is amazing. And that means the message is getting out. And that is the amazing part, right? Mm-hmm. We're helping to save lives. We're educating. We're debunking those myths. And that's what it's all about. And we also have to thank Robin Roberts and Sally Ann Roberts, who joined us today. What a powerful duo they are. I love listening to them. And it was just like we were watching them talk on the phone, right? Like, yeah, enthusiasm. <laughs> I know. Great love information. It. You can tell that they are close to each other. They love mm-hmm. each yeah. other. And this only brought them closer together, the donation. Their bond came through the microphone. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. so we love listening to that. Listen, we're also excited to announce there is a national registry for organ, eye, and tissue donation. So if you're listening to us from across the country, you can go to registerme.org. So if you heard something today that prompts you to take action, we hope that you did, registerme.org. Check that out. And as always, we do want to thank you for listening. Thanks for celebrating episode 50 with us today, and we hope that you go out and do something today that you don't normally do to help make life happen. Have a good one. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Sally Gentry. Our producers are Kirsten Hines and Shalon Carraway. We are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Metairie, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.